0: this podcast is brought to you by hello future do you want to drive innovation in your organization futurize your enterprise expand your patent portfolio create amazing new profitable products and services or effectively project manage to market then contact us today hellofuture.co and get started why listen to the past when you can listen to the future Welcome to the Think Future podcast, broadcasting from deep in the heart of Silicon Valley, California. We focus on innovation, startups and the future, not necessarily those and not necessarily in that order. Here's your host. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Think Future. Once again, we're coming at you live from deep in the heart of Silicon Valley, California. We're talking innovation startups, the future. Not necessarily those, not necessarily in that order. If you're watching on YouTube, smack that subscribe button and hit that bell so you'll be notified when a new show comes online. And if you're listening on your favorite podcast service, please subscribe and please drop a note on Apple Podcasts. I'd greatly appreciate it. Let me know what you think of the show. So, (laughs) um, yeah, I won't talk about this one. I'll go to the next topic. I was listening to robert oh what's his name name escapes me for a moment guy wrote the uh robert green wrote the uh the laws of human nature mastery he wrote a ton of great great books and i highly recommend robert green any of his books are great great christmas gifts as well and he was talking about being unconventional i think i was listening to the 33 strategies of war and he was talking about unconventionality and whether it's business, whether it's war or business or any of these other things, he was talking about how important it was to be unconventional and how important it was that unconventionality differentiated you from the crowd because it's so easy to be unconventional. It's so easy to just march with everybody else, but it's much more difficult to be unconventional. And I was listening to this and I'm thinking, yes, you have a point. Sure. It's It's important to be unconventional. It's important to stick out. It's important to do something different. But, but, you can't be too different. You can't be too strange. You can't be too unconventional. Because once people become, once people act too unconventionally, you're immediately tuned out. You're immediately on the outside. You're immediately doing something different. So it's almost like the Overton window. So if you're familiar with the Overton window, it's it's the window of things that are socially acceptable to be done, right? There's things that are socially acceptable to be done. And then when you want to create things that are unconventional, you can create things that are way outside of the Overton window, or you can do things that are slightly outside of the Overton window, things that are slightly unconventional. So, for example, something that is slightly unconventional would be to take beef molecules and turn them into steak. So, regrow your own beef. So, instead of having to have cows for beef, you create, you regrow your own beef in a lab. So, you have lab beef. Now, some people would hear about lab beef and say to themselves, Oh my God, I'd never try that. That is so unconventional. And other people are like, well, you know what? If it if it helps the environment and reduces the methane in the in the atmosphere, and you know, maybe I'll give it a try, and maybe it'll be okay, and maybe this is the the start of a new sustainability thing that would be great for the planet. But something like that is a little bit outside the uh overton window. It's inside the win- window for some, and it's outside the window for others. We haven't really expand expect- like once it becomes fully available for everybody, then Maybe it'll start moving closer, or the window will start expanding to make it more okay for people to eat engineered meat. Because if you think about it, it's definitely engineered. It's G- it's not non-GMO. This stuff is GMO up the yin yang, right? It is engineered meat. Human beings are engineering meat, and some people were like, "I'm not going to touch that," and others are like, "Well, maybe okay, maybe I will." It's the same story with the guy who didn't shower for twelve years, but created a bacterial spray. He would spray himself with this. Bacterial spray, which would eat all the dirt on his body And he hadn't washed himself. He hadn't showered in 12 years and some people hear about that and they go Oh my god, this guy must smell awful. He must be rank And other people are like, well, you know, he's he's not bad. It's not bad. That's a great idea because we can reduce The amount of water that we use because if you think about how much water you use to shower nowadays especially here in California where we have droughts every stinking year now Wouldn't it be great if we just had a spray, we could spray ourselves with some spray, and obviously this guy's spray is somewhat effective, but it's not 100% effective. Wouldn't it be great if we could just spray ourselves with some spray, and instead of washing ourselves with all this water, think about how much water we could save if we just used a spray. And again, this is one of those things that's on the edge of the Overton window. Some people would say, you know, that's not a bad idea, I'll try it. And others are like, oh my God, gross. Oh my God, gross. So, forgot where I was going with that. So the unconventionality. So if you are trying to be unconventional, if you're using an unconventional strategy or unconventional tactic, and the thing is, is that because of the way history is written, history is written by the victors. So when you see an unconventional tactic being used and it works, then that tactic will be repeated and repeated and repeated and repeated. And everyone goes, Oh, you have to try this because it worked because nobody, says that it worked in that specific situation and then specific time frame with those specific people and that people forget about these things. It's kind of like I was saying, but so success literature is that you can't look at success literature and say, yeah, I'm going to try all the same things that this successful person X did and be as successful as successful person X because those were things that happened to that person in that specific time and place that will never happen again. Those circumstances will never reoccur. You know this is exactly why we can't nobody can predict the stock market nobody can come out and say well all these things are happening so there's a good chance that this will happen no no, no. past past uh, performance has nothing to do with current or future results nothing nothing because those were completely different realities and i've talked about that at length so the thing about it being unconventional is that you have to be you can be unconventional but you have to be unconventional but not too far out of the Overton window because then everybody turns their back on you everybody turns their back on you so when you need to be unconventional because I've done stuff like this I've done stuff where people say okay you know what everything's on the table we're trying to build patentable ideas we're trying to create patentable ideas we're trying to create future patentable ideas and we're okay with anything we want to see everything that's on the table everything that's on the table so we go out there and as a futurist i come up with ideas that are really far out some of them are really far out some of them are so far out of the overton window you could say that they're very unconventional extremely unconventional in fact i've had some people feedback saying well you know we can't do that because it would destroy our entire industry of course they don't realize that that's a good thing but i guess It's an unconventional idea, but it's too far out of the window of conventionality. And this is what we as startup founders really have to concern ourselves with, is that if we try to do things that are unconventional, but are too unconventional, then we risk not being able to build a business at all that nobody is interested in. So we need to build something that's semi-conventional or unconventional to a certain degree, but not too unconventional because then it's just too far out and we can't educate our individuals. Like I said in the last show, differences between the ethics software and selling pickles, selling pickles, incredibly conventional. Ethics software, slightly unconventional, but probably too unconventional for a mass market. So you see what I'm saying? It all comes back down to your market. Who are you selling to? Who is buying? What you're producing it's the number one reason why startups fail is that it's the product we you didn't look at your customers you didn't define your customers and even ask your customers "Would this work for you would you pay for it and even if it's unconventional they would i mean look at something like uber uber was unconventional the concept of people using their own cars to ferry people around. That was pretty unconventional, but you know what? It was a taxi service. People could take this unconventional idea and connect it with a conventional idea. So once you take an unconventional idea and connect it to the conventional idea and get them to understand, oh, oh, this is a very simple, this is a very similar thing to that, but it's just done in a different way. Maybe that's the secret. When you're coming up with an unconventional idea that you have to connect it with a conventional idea and make that connection understand get that understanding happening before you can build your business so you can be unconventional and you should be unconventional but if you're too unconventional then your business will probably fail unless you connect it to a very conventional idea that's it for me for today see you next time and until then don't forget to think future